Well, good morning again. I am someone that likes to take shortcuts. Whenever there's an opportunity to take a shortcut, I like to take it. For example, when I'm driving, I prefer to take the shortest route if I can. But I take shortcuts in other areas as well. For example, if I need to unload the groceries from the car, I will grab as many bags as I could possibly grab because I prefer to make it in one trip instead of two or two trips instead of three. And there are other occasions where I might take shortcuts. For example, sometimes I'm working on the lawn and I see that there are weeds behind the shrubs, but I know no one will see them. At times like that, I'm tempted to take a shortcut. And shortcuts usually are a good thing, but not when it comes to the area of our finances, as we will see in a minute. There really are no shortcuts when it comes to to making wealth or growing our wealth, as we'll see. And yet we look for those many times. Now, the past few weeks, we've been talking about the wisdom sayings of Solomon, who put together or compiled the book of Proverbs. God gave this man a tremendous amount of wisdom concerning a variety of different things. Now, I admit up front that Solomon himself didn't always live wisely toward the end of his life. He turned away from God and he wasn't wise, but still the wisdom that God gave to him is a wisdom that we can benefit from, we can learn from. And so the first week of this series, I talked about the importance of listening and learning, that wisdom is available to all of us, but we need to have ears to hear. We need to be ready to listen and respond to that. The second week, I talked about the fear of the Lord, how Solomon wrote, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Of course, he wasn't talking here about cowering before God, but he was talking about putting God in his proper place, because if God is in his proper place, everything else will fall into place. Then last week, I talked about the subject of anger, how anger by itself is not sinful. Jesus became angry, so did God. But how it's expressed really matters. And sometimes anger is something that's good in our lives because it'll produce change. The real question is, though, whether or not anger serves us or whether we end up serving it and crossing into the line where our anger ends up being destructive. But today I want to talk about what Solomon had to say about the subject of wealth. And he had a lot to say on this particular subject. Now, I think it's important to realize that in his day, Solomon was likely the wealthiest man who ever lived. In fact, I would suggest that Solomon was the wealthiest man who has ever lived since the beginning of time. That might seem remarkable, but realize that in Solomon's day, Silver was so plentiful that it was considered worthless in Israel. That's how much silver. There was gold and silver and everything in such abundance that silver was considered worthless. This is a guy that understood a lot about wealth. One of the main points he made, though, and this is my main takeaway, is that work works. Work works. Now, this may not seem very exciting because I think, again, many times what we're looking for is shortcuts to wealth. We think, well, I don't want to get wealth in, in that way. I'd prefer to get it in another way more quickly. And I think all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, would prefer to have more wealth than we have now, to be stronger financially than we are right now. We prefer to get that wealth painlessly. We prefer to get it as quickly as possible. Yet, as we're going to see in a minute, there are a number of principles found in the book of Proverbs 
related to how to prosper financially. Now, today, in order to help us remember this, I'm using an acrostic. I'm using the word wealth so that we might help, hopefully, remember this a little bit more easily, what Solomon had to say about prospering financially. The W in wealth stands for, and it's a little redundant, work for your wealth, don't just wish for it. Work for wealth, just don't just wish for it. Now, I want to acknowledge up front that I recognize that right now in our our culture, work is kind of a problem because of the pandemic, and some of you perhaps are out of work. And I want us to understand about the principles of Proverbs, that they are, are general principles that apply to this whole subject, and sometimes there are exceptions to the rules. The foundation idea, though, is that work is God's way for us to enrich ourselves. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 28 and verse 19, he wrote, the one who works his land will have plenty of food, but whoever chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. The one who works his land will have plenty of food, but the one who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. What does he mean by fantasies? Well, I think it's get-rich-quick schemes. It's all these ways, I'm going to make a lot of money by doing this. I'm going to make a lot of money by doing this. It's having all these great ideas, but not getting into the actual work itself. This is how we prosper. A better approach to gaining wealth is actually to to earn it, to work for it. In Proverbs 10 and verse 4, Solomon wrote, idle hands make one poor, but diligent hands bring riches. Now again, sometimes there are things that are beyond our control. But this is the general principle. When I was growing up, one of the things that I'm, I'm thankful to my parents for is that they gave our family a good work ethic. When my twin brother and I were about 11 or 12 years old, we had a paper route, for example, in our neighborhood. We delivered the Youngstown Vindicator. I have to admit that um, I think that some of my back problems that I have today are related to that paper route. The Sunday newspaper was so heavy used to carry this thing around my shoulder with this big bag of newspapers, but we had this mindset to work. In the summer, my brothers and I would go to neighbors and offer to cut their grass, and we'd earn money. In the wintertime, we would shovel their driveways to earn money. Oftentimes, we would collect berries, blackberries or black raspberries, and we'd put them in court jars, and we would, we would sell them in order to earn money. We'd sell them for, I think it was 50 cents a jar, which now that I think about it, I realize we were better at working and, and not as good at business. I think we could have got a lot more money from those. But we had this mindset that it was important to work, to not expect to be rewarded for not working. Again, though, I think we look for shortcuts. In Proverbs 20 and verse 21, Solomon wrote, an inheritance gained hurriedly at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. When we gain money real quickly, it says, you won't prosper. Oftentimes, for example, a good illustration of this is when people win the lottery. Haven't we seen examples of people that won the lottery and then it ruined their lives? You wonder, well, why is that the case? Why is it if someone is enriched very quickly that they tend not to prosper? And I think the reason for that is that they never learn the proper value of money through work. 
When a person earns their money through work, they know then the value of a dollar. They realize that they put in this work and they were paid this amount and they realize this is, this is valuable, this money is valuable because they worked for it. But when we get it all at once, oftentimes we don't realize that and because people did not earn it properly, they do not spend it properly. And so we shouldn't be wishing for fantasies, ways to be enriched quickly. Work works. Some people try to enrich themselves through cheating other people. In Proverbs 13, 11, Solomon wrote, wealth obtained by fraud will dwindle, but whoever earns it through labor will multiply it. If wealth is obtained by fraud, it'll dwindle. Why is that the case? Well, there are a lot of people or businesses that think if they, if they can cheat people out of money that they'll prosper, but what they don't realize is that they are really undermining their business. Every time I think of this point, I think of when I moved to Morgantown and I bought some furniture at a local furniture store. I saw that there was a sofa and a love seat that were on sale for $500. And so I went to the salesman and I asked, how long is this sale gonna be on? Because I wanted to go to some other stores and compare prices. And the guy said, well, the sale ends tonight. If you don't buy it tonight, the sale will be gone. He was very explicit about it. And so I thought, well, I'm here now. It looks like a good deal. The furniture looked like it was good enough quality, and so I bought it. A couple weeks later, I went to go pick up the furniture. I didn't really even have the money to have it delivered. And I went to pick it up, and when I walked into the front of the store to tell them I was there to pick up the furniture, I saw the same sign for the same sale for the same furniture. And in that moment, I realized that guy lied to me. Now, I still bought the furniture. He got the sale that day, but he lost the customer. See, that's the reason the business doesn't flourish if we're dishonest. You can get the sale, you can miss the customer, and in time, people begin to learn that this particular business is not honest. People will not continue to go to that place because when you have a bad experience, you end up talking to other people about it. And so honesty is a better policy. And so the W in wealth is work for it, don't wish for it. Now the next five are gonna go much more quickly. The E in wealth stands for excellence. Do you work with excellence? In Proverbs 22, 29, Solomon wrote, do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand in the presence of kings. I wanna encourage you to do the very best work possible in the workplace, whatever your job may be. Years ago, I heard about a minister in this town who no longer is here. But he taught his congregation that if they worked in a secular field, in other words, they weren't in full-time ministry, that they should only do enough work to just get by so that they could use all of their energy to serve Jesus at the church. That's wrong. That's the wrong approach to have toward work. The apostle Paul talked about this. He said that you do your work as if you're serving Jesus because that's what you are doing it. When you're in the workplace, you have this mindset, I'm not just serving my boss, I'm serving Jesus Christ and I'm, I, I want my work to be an example there and so you work hard. And, and what happens when you do that, of course, is that you prosper. You become more and more excellent in your work, you begin to prosper because you're seeking to please Jesus Christ, not just your boss and this is what all of us should do. And so the W is work for your wealth, don't wish for it. E is do your work with excellence. The A is avoid 
wasting your money. If you want to prosper financially, you've got to exercise a certain amount of self-control when it comes to spending. Sometimes when I think of this subject, I think of a bucket where when you're earning money, it's like the water is going in the bucket, but then as you spend it, it's coming out the, the end of the bucket if there's a hole in that bucket, and that's what spending oftentimes is. And then we wonder, why do I not prosper financially? Now, I have to admit that sometimes I struggle with this because there are things I see that I want to buy. And our society convinces us we've just got to have this thing. But we won't prosper financially if this is our mindset. In Proverbs 21, 17, Solomon wrote, the one who loves pleasure will become a poor man. Whoever loves wine and oil will not get rich. In other words, someone that loves the finer things in life, someone that just wants to go out and just enjoy themselves, those that do that will not prosper in this life. Why? Because again, they're spending everything that comes in. You can't build wealth that way. So avoid wasting your money. Plug up the leak in the bucket. So the W, work for your wealth, don't wish for it. The E in wealth stands for excellence. Do you work with excellence? A is avoid wasting your money. The L in the word wealth stands for fight laziness. Now, this particular point, I suppose, could have come under one of the other points, but Solomon talked so much about this one area, it's really surprising. He, he spoke about this or brought up this subject almost more than any other subject because laziness does not lead to prosperity. See, we need to work, but we need to also work hard, not just excellently, but work hard. In Proverbs 19 and verse 15, Solomon wrote, laziness induces deep sleep, and a lazy person will go hungry. Laziness induces sleep. A lazy person will go hungry. This is, by the way, what I think Paul was referring to in the New Testament. He said, if someone is unwilling to work, they should not eat. Now, I recognize again that sometimes we are unable to work. That's a different matter entirely. But this principle still applies. This is God's way of, of filling our stomach is through work. Then in Proverbs 20 and verse 13, Solomon wrote, do not love sleep or you will become poor. Open your eyes and you'll have enough to eat. In other words, get up and get going. Or consider what Solomon wrote in Proverbs 22 and verse 13. He said, the slacker says there's a lion outside. I'll be killed in the public square. This is one of my favorite Proverbs in the entire book of Proverbs. I just absolutely love this one because I find it so hilarious. You got somebody whose excuse for not going to work is that if I go out in the public square, there's going to be a lion there and I'm going to die. And I think Solomon was really making fun of this person. They were basically saying that if you're going to make an excuse, one excuse is just as bad as another. Get to work. Don't look for excuses. What people don't realize is that when we're lazy, it makes life actually harder, not easier. Solomon talked about this in Proverbs 15 and verse 19. He said, a slacker's way is like a thorny hedge, but the path of the upright is a highway. 
Now, why is this the case? Why is it that a slacker's way, someone that's not diligent in their work or someone who's lazy, doesn't want to work hard, why is it that their way is like a thorny hedge, but the path of the upright is a highway? Well, I think it's because of this. For the person who's lazy, everything is a trial. For the person that, that isn't diligent, every little obstacle becomes an issue. For the person who's lazy, for example, they get up and they say, I don't feel like brushing my teeth. It's so much work. I don't feel like taking a shower today. I just really don't. I just don't feel like taking a shower today. And on and on, every little aspect of their life, every duty that they have in life becomes a trial. It becomes like a thorn to them. But the person who has the mindset to work, it says it's like a highway. Have you ever had a project that you needed to do but you weren't looking forward to it because you knew it involved some hard work? And then you just resigned yourself to do it and you got dressed to do the hard work and you went out, for example, maybe in your yard and you began to really dig into the hard work and you found out that it was actually kind of enjoyable. It's actually kind of fun. You see, that's the mind, this mindset makes a huge difference for the person that doesn't want to work. Every little thing is a big trial. For the person who's geared up to say, I'm going to devote myself to work, I'm going to be diligent here to that person, I think work becomes easy. It becomes many times enjoyable. So the W in wealth stands for work for your wealth, don't wish for it. The E stands for do you work with excellence. The A is avoid wasting your money. The L is to fight laziness. The, the T in wealth is build your wealth over time. In Proverbs 18 and, or 28 and verse 22, Solomon wrote, a greedy man is in a hurry for wealth. He doesn't know that poverty will come to him. A greedy man is in a hurry to get wealthy. He doesn't know that poverty will come to him. Now, I think part of the idea behind this is when you're greedy for money, you make mistakes. I think of the example of someone who sees a penny stock and they say, this one promises 20 to one return. And so they, they, they pour all this money into this stock and then it, the stock crashes and they end up losing everything. And, and often that's the case when we're too quick. But in addition, there's another principle here that wealth is not gained in a hurry. That there's this, this time element in order to build wealth. And again, sometimes we want a shortcut. We say, well, I don't, want it. I don't want to earn wealth that way, but I think this is God's design for it. Sometime after I moved to Morgantown, one of the jobs I had was I worked for a company that sold tax-deferred annuity. And so I had some insurance licenses and, and, and I was selling these IRAs. And, and our clients were primarily teachers and administrators in the public school system, but also at the university. And I would sit down with these individuals and I would try to persuade them to just put a little bit away every month, even just $50 a month. That when you put away money like this, you begin to compound your interest. And what was noteworthy about this particular group we were dealing with is that there were laws in place at the time that benefited that group. It allowed their investment to grow without being taxed. It was tax-deferred annuities. And so that they could really multiply their wealth. I found, though, that most people were not interested in doing that. Most people did not have the, 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 the view to look ahead and realize what they needed to do now to be successful in the future. Now, I have to admit 
that part of the problem, I'm sure it was me, I was not the best salesman. I maybe wasn't the best fit for the job, although I think I do a much better job now because I'm convinced this is true. That as you invest in the present and as you're consistent, you end up building wealth. Let's consider another reference that kind of reinforces this point. Proverbs 24 and verse 27. Solomon wrote, complete your outdoor work and prepare your field. Afterward, build your house. So do your outdoor work, prepare your field, and then build your house. As I meditated on that, I wondered, what is Solomon trying to to say here? And I think it could be partly he's saying that, that food, making sure your food is taken care of is more important than your housing. And that's possibly the case. But I think there's a a greater wisdom behind what he's saying here, and this is what I think it is. Solomon understood that if you want to eat something, it takes several months for it to grow. That if if you want to eat something, you need to prepare the land, you need to plant the seed, and then while you're building the house, this thing is growing. So that by the time your house is done, you've got food to eat. Now, of course, if you do it in the other way around, you build your house, I don't know how you're going to eat even in the meantime. But Solomon was encouraging us to look ahead, to realize that that food takes a while to grow, and so start doing that work now, and then build the house later. Prepare for the future. Let time work for you is another way to put that. So wealth, work for it, don't wish for it. Do your work with excellence, avoid wasting your money. L, fight laziness. T, build your wealth over time. And finally, honor the Lord with your finances, which I talked about earlier. Solomon said in Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10, he said, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first of your harvest. He was referring here, I believe, to the practice of the, in the Old Testament of tithing, of giving a tenth. Now, I recognize that we're not under the Old Testament right now, although I personally believe that New Testament giving should be based on the Old Testament principle of tithing, that we give a return to the Lord again, recognizing that it came from him. Of course, Paul emphasized this point, and so did Jesus. You know, Solomon said here that you, you want to give of the first of your harvest. Well, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be given to you. What's the everything else? Well, in Matthew chapter 6, it, it's your food, it's, it's what you wear, it's, your, it's the house you live in, it's things like that. You seek first the kingdom of God. You put the kingdom of God first. You say, I'm going to trust with that and the rest of it will be added to you. Isn't that, isn't that what Solomon said? Solomon learned this principle firsthand. Look at the verses again. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. You know what he's saying? I think in principle, you can't outgive God. Again, it takes faith to believe this, but I want us to understand, even as God told Moses in the Old Testament, God is the one who even gives us the ability to earn wealth. He's the one that gives us the strength and the talent. He's the one that can bless the work of our hands. And he wants us to trust him in this area of our life, which I think is hard to do. In both the area of our finances and in our time, 
I think it's difficult for us to trust God. So what should we do with this? Well, I wanna encourage you this morning to consider focusing on just one of these main points. Just consider applying one of them to your life. Maybe for some of you, it's just having the mindset, I need to work. Work for your wealth, don't just wish for it. To say, I need to, I really just need to get to work. For some of you, it's having the mindset to do your work with excellence, because you prosper when you do that. And by the way, doing things with excellence is something that has undergirded this entire ministry, this church. We try to do everything with excellence because, again, we have the mindset we're serving Christ. Do things with excellence. A, avoid wasting your money. Maybe some of us need to look at our spending habits and we need to begin to have self-control to say, listen, I don't need this thing. I'm not gonna spend money on this thing. I need to be building something for the future. Some of us maybe need to fight laziness. We need to become a harder worker and say, when I'm working, I'm gonna be faithful in the job. I'm gonna do the best job I can. I'm gonna work hard. Some of us maybe need to begin thinking of the future and say, I've been spending everything that comes in, but I haven't been investing at all in the future. Build wealth over time. And some of us here today maybe need to consider to honor the Lord with our finances to say, I'm gonna begin doing that. I wanna begin trusting God in the area of my wealth, in the area of my finances. The bottom line is this though, and, and again, it's something that Solomon emphasized time and time again, work works, although it matters how we do it as well. This is God's way. You look all the way back in Genesis, you realize when God created Adam and Eve, he put them in the garden and he put them to work. Part of the reason for that, I think, is, is for our own self-esteem, that God created things in a way so that we can labor and then we can see the work of our hands and just like, G, just like God and Jesus, of course, when he created all things, he looked at it all and he said, it is good. And in the same sense, when we do our work and it's done well, we can look at it and, and there's just something that helps in our heart and in our life to say it was good. We find encouragement by being productive and then eventually by giving. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we wanna thank you so much that you are the provider of all things. And again, thank you for these Proverbs. And we ask you, Lord, that you give us the grace to apply them to our lives. Because Lord, you are the God of all wisdom and we know that we can trust you with this area of life. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.